You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope everybody out there listening in is doing great. I'm Jake. That's Brian. This is Locked On Utes. Brian, I think we got a pretty fun show ahead, despite yet another frustrating loss for the running Utes. We, we there was foresight by the founder of the Locked On Utes podcast, the one Jacob C. Hatch. I won't reveal your middle name, even though I know what it is now, which makes me excited. I did not realize for so long that it was a running joke on the big show, which makes me a terrible employee <laughs> at twelve eighty. Uh, eventually we're going to get to the end of this intro, but I'm not going to let you off the hook anytime soon because Jake Hatch had a wonderful idea. We're going to do a mailbag episode Mm -hmm. because you must have known that this basketball game was going to be miserable to watch. I wish I could say that I had that foresight, but I did not. But nonetheless, we are still going to answer your questions. Make it till you make it, Jake. Absolutely. So, yes, we'll talk about the loss to Oregon State for the running Utes, but then we will dig into the mailbag. You guys send in some great questions. We will address as many as we possibly can ahead on today's show. So without further ado, let's waste no more time and let's have some fun. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for March 4th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utah every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for taking the time to download the show. We appreciate all of you who have made this kind of your part of your daily routine. I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, though, make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Yes, five stars only. That's all we want. But also leave us a comment or so, or comment or two, what you like about the show in the comment section. We need to be better about reading those. We'll do more of those in coming days. But we love what we do, and we love your guys' support. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your guys' support of the podcast. Brian, uh... Well, let's start off on the hardwoods. Uh, another head-scratching loss, and I feel like in some ways we keep going around the hamster wheel with this Utah Running Utes basketball program, but they fall to the tune of 75-70 to to the Oregon State Beavers last night. And if you're a Utah fan, it just seems like some of the same issues we have seen all season long have just keep rearing their ugly head every single game. So I guess we're going to start at the very ending, which is probably a bad place to start if you're a Utah fan, because it was, like you said, different location, same same result, yeah. right? This team, when they get into crunch time, just dissolves. And they drew closer with the three, the corner three from Mickey Yontanen, and then for whatever reason, when they were within two points, they didn't initiate the offense quick enough to go for a two-for-one, um, which... I feel like has been a problem and and I understand maybe I guess that when you're not confident in your team as a coach, you probably don't want to push that two for one. They got lucky because uh, Oregon state uh, Lucas missed the back end of the one-on-one. And so they were still down three with the chance to actually, you know, tie the game or or at least push it to overtime. Mm -hmm. But it was, the same story that we've seen with them in crunch time almost every single game where sloppy play turnovers and just terrible execution at the end of the game. And and some credit does go to Oregon state. There was a, a nice defensive play there towards the end, but I, 
this is a problem. And as we look at this problem and we try to zero in on where it comes from, the pitch that I had made to you was that it's one of three things with late game execution, right? Yeah. It's either personnel is not available to execute late in the game. The personnel is uncoachable and is not doing what the coach is telling them to do or lack of execution or the coaching schematic for the end of game execution is not up to par or matching the personnel. Now that may feel like it's a little bit disconnected, but I can't see anything outside of those three things that it would relate to. What, what do you think about that? Uh, To be honest with you, just hearing those three, I can think of specific instances this season of different games where one of those three is, in my mind, the chief reason for that. I think this game against Oregon State, it's the personnel issue, in my opinion. I think the personnel was not ready, or they were not coached, or have not accepted the coaching, I guess is what I'm trying to say, to understand ball time situation, understand what you need to do in late game situations to avoid repeating the same mistakes, same mistakes you keep repeating. So yeah, I, I don't like hammering on college players because they're unpaid athletes. I, and that's something that I just kind of come with my job in sports media and whatnot, but it just it feels like the definition of an insa- of insanity. Keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a, a different result. That doesn't fly in life. It doesn't fly in sports. And in many ways, that's kind of what's happening with this running youth hoops program right now. And it does feel like Larry Kruskoviak and his staff have tried to vary who handles the duties late in game. Sometimes it has yes. been Alfonso Plummer. Sometimes it has been Timmy Allen. Sometimes it's Pella Larson. You can argue that they should just stick with somebody throughout it. Ryland Jones bobbled two passes or uh, turned the ball over. I think it was twice against Washington. I know for sure once because of the exact same thing where he drove baseline and tried to throw it yeah. inside and the ball ended up, ended up going out of bounds. Somehow I can remember that, but I can't. For, I forget that the keys to get into my house are in my hand. <laughs> we'll talk about CTE at a later date, but <laughs> the issue with this team is continually that there's the problems are the same, the initiators are always different, and there's no consistency with it. And you made a really good point about where this team plays based on the competition, right? Mm-hmm. That, and that, that right there is something I have seen from this program all year long is when they play elite competition, they play up or down to the level of competition they're competing against. Oregon State's a middling Pac-12 program just like Utah is. They came into this matchup 13-11, uh, and 9-9 in conference. Utah was 10-11 and 7-10 and and in conference. So they're right there kind of next to each other in the conference standing separated by a, a couple of games. But it's just... When you play against the likes of USC and UCLA, Utah seems to step up and really take that challenge on head on, and they upset the likes of USC. But then also there are other times like this where Oregon State, where yeah, they're okay. Well, they're they're an okay program, and they kind of just play an okay game, and as a result, you lose. So, I like I said, I I don't want to come down too hard on these players. I don't want to come t- down too hard on the program overall, but it just feels like this season has been a repeated set of issues that have not corrected themselves and maybe we don't have the magic answer maybe it's a combination of personnel not taking the coaching maybe it's the coaching not being up to par for these players to understand what they need to do and maybe in certain circumstances yes the personnel is ill-fitted to what they're trying to do I think it is a definite combination of, of all the above 
most fans will probably point at the fact that the one uh, consistent factor is is the coaching staff because it's the coaching staff that brings in the players, sure. it's the coaching staff that sets the schematics, it's the coaching staff that that develops the players. My argument against that would simply be in a year where COVID has clearly impacted everyone way, 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 way more than we realize Mm -hmm. because I've heard coach Whittingham talk about it in a way that I've never heard him talk about anything. We heard guy holiday talk about how it affected him. We know that it's affected the Chris family in an incredibly impactful way to the point where they actually lost a member of their family, Larry's father-in-law. So uh, there are definite reasons to be critical of the staff there's no doubt about it we've talked about it ad nauseum i'm going to let everybody continue to have their opinion on that i'm not going to talk anybody out of it one way or another um but i do think that what we see more often than not is that an inexperienced team without a lot of leadership is continually having all these issues whereas if you compare this team to a colorado squad that has a very experienced unit and and has been playing together for a while we don't see a lot of these same issues now there was the one lapse against utah obviously where they just went cold and blew a 19 point game but it's not the turnover issue that keeps coming up for them right they're closing games they're beating opponents they're Mm -hmm. they're winning ucla was another team that looked like it was really on top of things in that respect and and executing and firing on all cylinders and so that would probably be my my primary denominator is that it's a mixture of of the coaching staff you know whatever it is with within the staff and inexperience on this team that's causing a lot of these results and as it stands, Utah currently in the bottom third of the Pac-12 standings. It's just, it, it's it, it's frustrating. I get it for U- Utah fans. They've got to be frustrated. And they get one more chance here in the regular season to see if they can get it right. It will be their lone matchup against the Arizona State Sun Devils. That will be Saturday. And, uh, man, you hope they can get it right. And who knows? But we'll have to wait and see. And then, of course, we'll have the Pac-12 tournament upcoming next week. But nonetheless, another frustrating, frustrating night if you're a running Utes fan. All right, Brian, uh, let's try and bring a little more positivity. But we're going to bring our listeners into the mix here on the podcast. Today is a hashtag Twitter Thursday on the podcast. You guys send in your questions. We will address as many of those as we possibly can in our remaining time here on the podcast today. We'll dig into those here momentarily before we do that let's take a minute and talk about our good friends at rock auto brian i know you have experience with rock auto i do as well the best part about rock auto is it's got every manufacturer for every part for every vehicle for every make model year whatever you want that you can find it's all online at rockauto.com this is an easy easy process folks if you are i actually heard this on one of the other podcasts on the network recently if you're a try it yourselfer Rock Auto is for you. That's a great suggestion, Jake, because a lot of vehicle maintenance is a lot easier than people realize. It doesn't take a massive collection of tools. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take all the garage equipment. I've talked about how I love to do my own brakes because it's significantly cheaper, and you can get the right parts right away, right to your door by going to rockauto.com. They've been in business for 20 years. They understand how the business works. Their distribution center is built to handle all of this and get the right orders to you at a better price than you're going to find at whatever parts shop you're going to down the street or around the corner. So don't fall for the, for the fancy jingles and the catchy songs or anything like that. 
fall right into rockauto.com. Yeah, when you go to rockauto.com, make sure while you're there to put in locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they can give us some credit for going to check them out. It's it's a simple, simple process as Brian and I have expressed. We both have personal experience with this company, family-owned company, 20 years in the online auto parts business. They're going to take care of you guys and help you out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's our good friends. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Any of you who've listened to this podcast know that we are your daily source for all things Utah sports, the Utes. That's what we cover daily. We want you guys to be up to speed on everything with regards to Utah athletics. But guess what? The Locked On Podcast Network, they have got your daily source for all the sports news you need to know, and that is the Locked On Today podcast. It is hosted by Peter Bukowski. He does a great job getting you up to speed on the biggest conversations, all the news you need to know from the sports world at large, and does it in 20 minutes or less. Cannot encourage you guys enough to take advantage advantage of that and download it wherever you get your podcasts all right brian it is hashtag twitter thursday here on the locked on youths podcast that means you the listeners are programming the remainder of this show with your questions appreciate you guys weighing in you can follow the show on twitter at locked on youths love hearing from you guys so brian let's dive on in let's start off with this at cycling ute 22 uh puts participation trophy in his uh as his like twitter name but he puts this he gives us a question for us if you took an average joe off the street which position would they most easily excel at i think it'd be tight end i'm 6'2 230 pounds not top end speed but i can push something and occasionally cash catch something that's actually a very intriguing question to me because you played at the collegiate level. I co- I have covered collegiate players for the better part of a decade as a media professional, and I got my my issues thinking that anybody's going to walk in as an average Joe and be able to play Division One football right away. I'm not trying to be facetious here, Jake. The answer has to be kicker. That or long snapper, right? Either or. And even long snapper can be a really difficult position from time to time. Those guys are typically bigger, stronger. uh, Have some incredible flexibility. Yeah, can get downfield quickly. Um, In fact, if you go look at most NFL rosters, probably the most bachelor-esque looking guy on the team is the long snapper because all they do is work out and snap. (laughs) I don't say that to be negative, maybe safety for some guys, depending on the system and and whatnot, because I think the biggest issue that people underestimate is the amount of collisions you take at the collegiate level and the speed of those collisions. And it takes time to acclimate to those. And I don't think that average people always acclimate to that kind of thing, despite having good size. And that's always been, the, the downfall for a lot of uh, look like Tarzan, play like trash kind of players is that they have the look, they may have the frame, they may have the size, mm-hmm. but that's not what football is all about. It is about it is about speed, it is about explosion, it is about twitch. And while I didn't always look like the most athletic of guys, I did have some twitch to my game, and I, and I had some explosion. I had really good, quick feet. Uh, sometimes I tripped over those feet, and that's why I never really got out of the <laughs> Juco level. Okay. But it's, it's – and I say this also is seeing <laughs> at the high school level as a coach that when we had issues with our kickers, we simply called one person, and suddenly they were all kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone. So okay, if I can get my coach Mo on board – then, then Coach Mo can fix anything. I'm, I'm fully confident in it. 
We also had two of our other listeners weigh in on this conversation on Twitter. At UteFan42 said, Running back, mostly instinctual. No one will excel on the line coming off the street. Even at tight end, too much technique required for blocking. That's an interesting take because the lateral ability for running back is not something that most people have. It's one of those things where you look at it and and you watch the game and we miss how difficult and how much is happening on there. My fear is that you make one cut and run right into a Devin Lloyd that you don't even see coming because peripheral vision, balance, mm-hmm. the ability to sense where where the the hole is opening, a vision, all that stuff. It looks and sounds super simple. When you're toting the rock, it's a different story. Um, but I do think in theory, like anybody could run with a football downhill and get a yard. So maybe from that sense, sure. It's it's a fascinating question. So I'm, I'm excited to see and get the responses from people on Twitter and wherever else. And then Pete Kundick uh, also weighed in. And this actually might be the winner right here, Brian, because this one – in all honesty, I probably should have thought of this one right off the top. Just remember that the average Joe is five foot ten. Holder is the only correct answer here. So there you go. Holding for PATs and field goals. Maybe that is the answer. Maybe that is the right answer. So interesting to get that taken. Yeah, if you guys want to weigh in with this, feel free at Locked On Utes, at Brown Bear SLC, and at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. All right, let's dig into another question here. Let's go to Utah Punt Team. It says, I am interested in the linebacker rotation. It seems super talented against bigger formations. Do you see uh, see a Sewell as the third down backer slash safety hybrid? Uh, I said, sorry if I missed this. I'm super behind on my pods. I did listen to the linebacker preview, and I'm still interested and or confused. Same. <laughs> okay. But not. I, I think it's it's – it's one of those questions where it's going to depend on the personnel that you're matching up against. For yeah. example, UCLA has really tall, uh, lean tight ends that, that you're not necessarily afraid of getting them getting downhill on you as much. And Utah's defensive front is so impressive that you could probably counter that with just a really stout defensive end like Max Tupai, who we had wondered if he was going to return, but it looks like he's on the leadership council and, that to me is a pretty strong indication that he's motivated to come back. And um, I think the, the possibility of running three linebacker sets is rare because there's just not a lot of teams in the PAC 12 that run a lot of 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. Uh, Stanford is one Oregon state is another. So you could see a little bit of that against those teams though. I would, I would expect, especially knowing that Austin Jones is the player coming out of the backfield, and that's where you really need to look at it. It's not so much about the gap control in the run game that you worry about. It's who matches up against who in coverage. So if you have three linebackers out there, do you have three linebackers that can all stay with an Austin Jones in coverage? Uh, Do you have three linebackers that can stay with uh, – and I'm blanking again – which is seemingly seemingly my forte. So I'm just going to keep randomly talking until I can remember. <laughs> what is it, Oregon State? That's the really great running back. Jamar Chase. Uh, it, there it is. Yeah, Jamar uh, Jamar Chase. You know, um, so no, it's just – Sorry, it, not Jamar Chase. Jamar Jefferson, excuse me. Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Chase is a wide receiver from LSU, LSU that is going to yeah. be drafted very yeah. highly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where it's <sighs> – 
it's so dependent upon who you're facing that week. Against a team like Oregon State, I'm pretty confident in my defensive front. I don't think I want to lose the athleticism that I get by going to three backers when they go too tight. Yeah, it's all about versatility and being able to match up against your opponent. And that's the nice part, I think, about Utah's roster, especially at linebacker, is it makes for nice mixing and matching. Devin Lloyd is going to be out there regardless. I think we can all agree on that. But, yes, you have other options that are on that roster that can play that hybrid position if you need it against a true spread system like a UCLA. If you get more of an Oregon State where they're more of a traditional downhill runnering team, well, yeah, you're going to need some bigger body linebackers to come up and fill holes and uh, take on guys like Jefferson in the hole. So I think the versatility is what we need to, to key on with regards to this conversation. Absolutely. And the other part that will really be shown is how much weight does Nephi Sewell gain, right? He did play still pretty light, so you could move him back and forth between Rover and that kind of nickel safety position. Do you try to play him more at a little bit of a closer to the box safety a la Nate Ritchie? Do you just dedicate him to staying strictly at linebacker and leave him there as the Rover? Does Andrew Mataoff or Ethan Calvert come in and have a good enough camp to where they can actually play either the Mike spot or the Rover spot, one or the other? And how much can you interchange those guys? Because the whole goal is to give the offense a a different look every single time so that when they're making a Mike call, so the quarterback points goes zero, 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 Mike, Mike, Mike. And he's telling the offensive line, either who they have in the run scheme or who they have in the protection scheme. And that's not the mic. You've won if you're Utah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a very, very savvy point there. And I appreciate you pointing that out, Brian. All right, we'll get to more of these questions here in a moment. We do need to take a minute, though, and talk about our good friends at Bet Online. Brian and I have become big fans of working with our friends at Bet Online. We both have put money in and we're having some fun, both losing and winning money. But if you guys want to get in on the action, of course, football is over unless you're an FCS football fan like myself and, you know, you're a kind of a degenerate and love to gamble on that type of stuff you can do that but there's also nba there's college hoops there's hockey baseball is coming very quickly brian and bet online the best part about this it's a very simple process working with their website 100 percent, jake we're we're transitioning from uh uh once a day parlay to winners and Ah. we're just going to pick winners from here on out uh if you need an everyday parlay i suggest you pivot to scotty and hands who are going to be giving out their choices for that, but we need we need winners. I want winners. Yeah, as uh, Coach Coach Singletary says, and and the biggest easiest way to get a winner is to go to betonline.ag. All the sports are located there on the side. If you want to bet on awards, I don't know. Maybe if you bet it on Ted Lasso, you want a pretty penny. So good eye, small fry. <laughs> nice, nice pull there. Well done. Yeah, they do have award shows like the Golden Globes this past weekend. You can bet on. They've got it all for you guys. Best of all, you can. It's free to sign up at betonline.ag. And additionally, right now there's still a fifty percent welcome bonus coming your way when you go to betonline.ag and make your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On and take advantage of that generous offer from our friends at Bet Online. They want to give you some money to play with. Not very many sports books are willing to do that, but Bet Online. Will so take advantage of that now. It's the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Get that 50% welcome bonus, and it's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, continuing on with some questions here. What do we got still in the mailbag? I want to hear from an emailer in Sandy. 
<laughs> but in the meantime, uh, at Triple Tink asks a great question. Which position coach do you think is the next to take a bigger job elsewhere? I'm going to pose this one to you, Jake. Okay, what do you think? This is a fascinating question because I am of the opinion that Kyle Whittingham has done an incredible job at uh, putting together a very, very savvy football staff. I know there are a lot of people out there who think that it should be like Morgan Scally should be moving on or should move and find another position or a guy like Sharif Shaw maybe needs to take another opportunity. The guy that I have in mind, though, and this is just my opinion, he hasn't been at Utah a long time, but I think he's made a very good impression so far is Kyle McDonald, the running backs coach. I think he's done an incredible job developing the talent that's in his position group room, and he continues to recruit at an extremely high level, bringing guys like Chris Curry and TJ Pledger this year, Ricky Parks from the high school ranks, the other two are transfers. I am of the opinion that he's got a, a pretty bright star that is continuing to rise. And at some point he's going to get another opportunity and maybe on the move. I actually did not even think about Kyle McDonald when uh, this question was posed and I was thinking about it. So that is a fantastic answer, Jake. I do think that you make a lot of good points. I think McDonald is definitely a hungry uh, young coach that, that has aspirations for something higher uh, it remains to be seen when Andy Ludwig will actually choose to move on. Uh, you know, with the way things are going, it almost seems as likely that that maybe Kyle Whittingham would think to make a move before that Ludwig would actually retire. Um, but but this is we're showing more and more that it is very very hard to stay to keep up with the energy of this game. You know, um, my answer to that would be. Uh, and I don't know if this is necessarily a bigger job, but uh, Jim Harding, I know has aspirations of being an offensive coordinator. Okay. So if that opportunity were to arise, I could see him leaving the university of Utah for that reason. The other thing that I could see him leaving for is, is an NFL job. Okay. Uh, he has interviewed with Cincinnati Bengals in the past. I believe that he was mentioned as a candidate with the Dallas Cowboys at one point in time. He comes from the Midwest, so I think with the right opportunity and the right situation, he would probably look at jump, making the jump to the NFL. It is not uncommon for college coaches to make that move either these days. It is getting so difficult to stay continually invested in the year-round recruiting. There really are no breaks anymore for coaches in terms no. of that, the visits and, and everything like that. They need to make some changes because it's gotten – to be way too demanding on the coach's aspect or else you need to have more of your recruiting staff involved to handle it. I don't know what the answers are to that. We don't have as much time. Uh, but, you know, I think there are a lot of coaches that want to try their hand at the NFL as well and, and see, you know, will their development work at that level and, and can they scheme at the higher level? Jim Harding is a fantastic coach. And uh, funny enough, and I know that bringing up BYU on this type of a podcast is going to make people angry, but I think if a guy like him, if he wants to become an offensive coordinator, he's got to look at a guy like Jeff Grimes who went to BYU after being a longtime uh, offensive line coach and then became a pretty hot shot offensive coordinator. He's got to be thinking, if I can get that opportunity, I want to take advantage of it. And also, yeah, I would agree that the NFL could be an option for him down the road as well. But the nice part is I think Kyle Whittingham, he has got just a stockade of guys around him as assistant coaches who are doing fantastic jobs. And every single one of them, if they're not in demand, should be in the near-term future. Yeah, 
Ed's, it, you're absolutely right. And the Kyle Whittingham coaching tree has proven to be very durable. Yeah, so. there's no doubt about it. All right, Brian. Well, we have run out of time on today's podcast. We have still have plenty of questions. So you know what? We'll carry some of these over to tomorrow's podcast. We will preview the Arizona State game for the running Utes in hoops as they close out the regular season. We'll preview that. But then we'll get back to these questions. Cannot thank you guys enough for your guys submitting these questions. We love hearing from you, answering these questions. And it gives us a sense of what you guys are looking for that's the biggest thing about this is it gives us a sense of what kind of topics you guys are interested in and we can kind of build other shows off of what you guys are interested in so thank you for your support as always we can't do this i mean we could but we really can't do it without everybody listening rating reviewing submitting it's it's this is a community this is not just you and i we get to sit in front of the microphones Mm -hmm. it is our privilege and we take it very seriously but it doesn't happen without people listening and so we really appreciate everyone chiming in even utah punt team (laughs) even utah punt team you must have some backstory with that with that gentleman i'm guessing but we'll get more nothing but good stuff we'll get more of that down the road at some point but nonetheless Thanks. Maybe sometime in the future he'll share his shake with me, but you know. <laughs> There is some backstory here that we will have to dig into and dissect at some point. But nonetheless, hope you guys are all doing fantastic, having a great day whenever you hear this. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for March 4th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana. <laughs>